This morning we're here, we're focused in on our Lord Jesus Christ, and we're really, again, just so pleased that you joined us this morning. So would you just pray with me as we get ready to enter into this time of worship, teaching, and prayer. Join with me as we pray. Father, thank you so much. Father, we just declare your goodness. We declare your faithfulness. We declare your love. We declare the just the awesome provision that you have given us in your son, Jesus Christ. We believe it, we walk in it, we testify to it, we declare it this morning. So Lord, would you just come and be in each home, in each place where individuals are gathered, for those who are by themselves, for families, for places where families have joined together. Lord, just come and be with us, each, every place that we are, to speak to us, to open our ears, to open our eyes, to open our hearts, to know you, to find you, to believe in you, to hear from you this morning. So we give you thanks in advance for everything that's gonna be taking place this morning, and it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Morning, church family. Uh, this is the giving portion of our service this morning, and I would just like to uh, go down a little biblical history of that, that before the cross, tithing was actually a temple tax, was actually part of the law. And when Jesus came to the cross, he fulfilled the law, and no longer was it an obligation, but it was a heart issue as he entered our hearts, that he would put on our hearts what we were to return to him that was rightfully his. And I always reflect back uh, early in my walk as a young kid, the church bus used to come and pick my sister and I up to take us to church. And mom and dad would always give us a dollar to take to the Lord each Sunday. And that was great because it was mom and dad's dollar that we took to the Lord. And later in life in sanctification, it was a, a different challenge when it became my dollar to give to the Lord. And it was a whole heart issue there too. But I encourage you, uh, when we do meet here at the well, I see so many of you with young kids as, uh, as they're putting their offering and giving into the bag as it comes by. And it takes me back to those days. And you're doing a great job of how are, how are we to train our children to be givers in this side of the cross if we don't teach them and show them the importance of it ourselves. So today, I have the fortunate uh, position of bringing mom and dad's giving with me here to the well and dropping it off in the office. So the, the, it continues. Uh, we offer online giving through the app, through the website. We have the mail slot in the door. Of course, you can get out and come here and drop it in there. We still accept mail here at 1290 Grand in Ojai. And uh, it's a tremendous opportunity and blessing to be able to give back to the Lord what, a portion of what belongs to him. Let's pray for the offering. Father, we thank you for this privilege. We thank you for the opportunity to be obedient to you in response to what you put on each individual's heart for giving, Lord. We praise you and thank you for the financial responsibility of those that gather that in here at the well and disperse it for your kingdom purposes. And we just praise you and thank you for the uh, many blessings that you put on this church and for those that contribute to you through this church. In your name we pray, amen. Good morning, everyone. 
Today's scripture reading is from Psalm 34, verses one through three. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt in his name together. So as we worship, if you wanna stand or sit, pray that you would just worship in spirit and truth this morning and that you would fix your eyes on Jesus. So let's worship together.
Well, good morning, church family. Hope you enjoyed that little clip. That is a, a little segment from, as Mark mentioned earlier, our Wednesday gathering that just happened. Uh, I actually wasn't there, but I heard it was awesome. And I think there was like 35 or 30 something of you guys there, uh, which is just really cool for us to, to hang out and, and be together. And Tyler's going to share a little bit more about that in just a second. But before we do that, it is time for meet and greet. So again, get your phones out and, uh, you know, text each other, have fun, uh, and really just, you know, say hi to each other this morning. And I heard uh, Bill saying earlier that the Tuesday nighters are already just having fun texting each other this morning. So keep doing that. And I encourage you guys, you know, if you guys aren't already in a group text message, you know, that's a great way to just uh, say hi to each other, pray for each other. So Tuesday nighters, keep that up. And uh yeah, so we'll go ahead and get on with our service. So Tyler's going to share some announcements. Thank you, Jordan. Um, good morning, church family. I just want to let you know I miss and love you guys all very much, like I say every week, and it is true. But last Wednesday, I just want to give a praise report. It was unbelievable. We spent time worshiping together. We spent time in God's Word. It was just a great time to get together. So please come and join us on the next one we have, which is September 9th. And it's just going to be a great time of fellowship. And the registration will be up tomorrow. So please register and um, go through the, uh, the protocols that we have. So look forward to seeing you that, that on the 9th or before. Um, also, the prayer request. That was an awesome thing that Randy, thank you, Randy, for that um, last week. And we just wanted to say thank you for all those prayer requests. Because what I did is I put it all on a sheet of paper. And we got together as elders and pastors here. And we prayed for each one of those prayer request, so thank you so much for that. And so some people had a little difficulty finding the prayer requests. So first you need to go to our website, and if, if you're on a phone or a tablet, there'll be a drop-down menu. If not, there'll be a thing on the top screen, it'll be on the top right, which will say contact us. You click on contact us, then it'll go down to prayer requests, and then it'll, you just fill out your information, and then it will be sent to us. And to let you know, you won't get an auto-respond saying that you did the re did receive the email, but we did get it, so you don't need to send it four or five times. Unless you really want to, I love seeing your prayer request four or five times, so thank you for that. Um, also, um, welcome or welcome back to school to all the kids that are going back, and also we've been praying for you, I mean, and for the parents. This is a challenging time, and it looks totally different, I mean, with these online classes and some people meeting, some people not. Not so, but we'd just like you know we're praying for every, all the students and all the parents that have kids for this transition. It's it's going to be a great year. I just know it. So now we are going to see a little video of myself, and then it's going to lead into Kingdom Kids about what I was going through last week. And I just wanted to make sure I got through it all, so I recorded it in my living room with a flag in the back, so you'll be familiar with it. And I also wore the same shirt as I was wearing last Sunday, so it felt like it was just a transition. So. Hit it, Eileen. Hello, church. I just wanted to explain to you, if you were viewing last week, I was explaining or trying to wish my father a happy birthday, and I got real emotional. So I just wanted to let you know where I was coming from and share my heart to you. 
Um, what happened is I was sitting um, waiting to go up to do announcements. Um, Shiloh and Vinny sang that song and it just really spoke to me that I just started thinking about my Heavenly Father then I thought started thinking about my earthly father and I was just so blessed so when I got up there I just I just lost it and that happens quite a bit to me you guys don't see it because I usually sit in the back and I suck it up and pull it all together before you guys exit so I just wanted to share that with you and I love you all and that's just me and instead of raising my hands during worship I weep or what we call around here leak so now it's time for kingdom kids let's see what kingdom kids has to say for Kingdom Kids News Online. We have an exclusive breaking news story first just for you today. Now I'm Marge and our special guest is Sarge. This is the story of Sarge and Marge. You'll get to meet her in just a moment. But I have a question for you. Have you enjoyed these last four weeks talking and learning about prayer? It's amazing, isn't it? You get to learn about why, how, what, and when to pray. It's a conversation with God, anytime, anywhere, about anything. What could be better than that? And knowing that we're never alone in anything we do. Even with school starting, things are a little different. We feel a little bit confused, a little stressed. What's going on? I don't know, but you know what you do? You just stop. Take a moment and just pray. Pray without ceasing. God wants to have a conversation with you. It's all good. God's gotcha. All right, let's talk about our exclusive story with Sergeant Marge. Now, Sarge is a very, very important person, well known throughout the world. She comes to us from Prayer County Sheriff's Department. What? You've never heard of Prayer County Sheriff's Department? Oh, wow. That's one of the most famous Sheriff's Departments in Ventura County. But that's okay, because when you meet her, you'll get to know her so well. And she's so smart. She knows so much about prayer. Well, let's get on to our exclusive story so you can meet Sarge. And after you meet her, go check us out on Kingdom Kids Online because she has exclusive interviews with very famous people throughout Ojai Valley and the well. And you'll get to ask questions and see her answer some questions from these famous people on our website. It's amazing and it's so much fun. And then join us next week for our new lesson. What's in your backpack? It's gonna be fun, I guarantee it. Okay, Sarge, you ready? Let's go meet Sarge from Prayer County Sheriff's Department. Hi, I'm Sarge. I work for Prayer County Sheriff. Can I pray when I'm doing my schoolwork? Oh, you bet we can. We need to pray and ask God for help so we can get our homework done right. 
Sarge. Wow. Isn't that amazing? I am so impressed and we are so blessed to have her. She just knows so much. All right, guys. Well, head on over to Kingdom Kids Online. Check out our website and see some more exclusive interviews between Sarge from Prairie County Sheriff's Department and some really important and famous people throughout Ojai Valley and the well. It's amazing and it's fun and it's exciting and you'll learn even more. Thank you, prayer warriors. We're very proud of you. We're so excited for all the things you've learned. And just remember, pray without ceasing. We'll see you next week. Have a wonderful week. Well, good morning. It is great to be back with you once again, and I want to start off by saying thank you to all of you who have uh, been praying for me and my family. Uh, I, we've missed you. I've missed you, and um, uh, it was great to reconnect with some of you personally uh, this week uh, for lunch and, and a walk. Uh, also great uh, to connect with many of you uh, at Wednesday at the Well. Had a great time and encourage many of you, if you haven't had a chance to come out on Wednesdays, to do so. Um, so I was gone for several weeks, and uh, I wanted to start this morning uh, with just some things that God put on my heart, uh, kind of in reflection of uh, uh, things he's taught me and shown me, uh, because uh, many of you uh, may not know that uh, taking three, four Sundays off in a row is the first time I've ever had the opportunity to do that in 30 years of ministry, and uh, it was different. It was challenging, uh, getting over the shingles, which, by the way, are probably 99% gone. I still feel them a little bit. Um, but uh, after those first two weeks uh, and it kind of settling in, uh, there, were some, there were some challenges and a lot of blessings. And, and now that I'm here, I had some time to reflect. And, and I got to be honest with you, not being here and having to prep sermons and turn on the lights and do everything that we do as a team here, uh, four Sundays off, Kind of being in civilian mode, I'm going to tell you right now, I appreciate all of you who are watching right now. I have a greater appreciation for what it's like to choose to get up on a Sunday and, uh, you know, it's not part of your J-O-B and you don't have to be here to get a Sunday live stream going. You're at home or you're at a friend's house or maybe it's 10 o'clock didn't work for you and you're watching this later today or during the week. I just got to affirm you. I got to affirm you. You know, uh, I'm a pastor, been doing this for three decades, and Sunday morning, you know, first couple, you're good to go. Week three, you're like, man, oh, wait, it's time for the live stream, right? And, and I just, uh, we're just challenged. And, I, and I, so I want to affirm you. I want to thank you uh, from the bottom of my, my heart. I, I honestly have a greater appreciation for those of you, not just uh, recently, but even through this whole pandemic for what, 22, 23 weeks now, 24 weeks. Thank you, Randy. Uh, you've been faithful. You have been faithful to tune in and to be patient as we've grown into this. Uh, and so thank you. And hang in there. Hang in there. Let's just take one week at a time, one day at a time. Uh, but uh, I got to tell you, I'm back today, and I, I am celebrating all of you who are actually here uh, live stream, and then, again, those who, are, who will be joining us later. I, I affirm you. Uh, God bless you. Uh, for your commitment and your diligence to, to really stay connected. I know it's kind of strange and a little bit wanky. You know, are we really connected? No, we are. 
we are. And I, after four weeks of not being here and being connected and, and even being ministered to by the team here uh, and even the preaching of the Word of God, uh, you're connected. We're connected, and we love you. The amount of effort that has gone into this even today, uh, we hope that somehow that is conveyed uh, through this technology that we love you dearly. Uh, God loves you, and that's why we do what we do. So, so I affirm you. Thank you for joining us uh, this morning. The, the second reflection I had is, is really uh, what's amazing is not being here for four weeks, and I come back this morning, and actually things are running better before, than before I left. I guess that's a testimony to, you know, Reed talked about the, using the gifts and allowing people to flourish. Well, I have to tell you right now, this church has been blessed with an incredible uh, team on Sunday mornings from uh, Pastor Tyler to the elders, to the bridge, to worship team, uh, Jordan, everyone. Uh, quite honestly, uh, four weeks ago, uh, we were at probably this level technology-wise and how everything was running, and now we're here. So much has been changed, and, and, and it was funny because uh, week two or week three or something, I forget which one it was, I'm at home watching and I'm texting Eileen saying, hey, there's a little, and, you know, and, I'm, and I can't get out of the techni technical mode, and, and now two weeks, three weeks later, it's, it's better. So I don't know what that means if I should go away more, but uh, kudos to this team. Um, it's, God is so good in the blessings of the church, and sometimes uh, by golly, uh, you have to get out of the way, and you have to trust God to let people use their gifts and their talents and flourish, and, you know, lo and behold, through the power of his spirit and the gifting that he brings, things actually get better, and you don't have to carry the weight by yourself. So, so kudos to, to the team. Celebrate that. Praise God for where we are as a church uh, four weeks later, and and, and the third thing uh, I wanted to kind of share with you as a reflection was, you know, as, as, as a recipient being on your side as, a, as an audience member, so to speak, uh, via, you know, technology, uh, I was really struck these past four weeks uh, by God's ability to minister through technology, through the preaching of his word, the power of the Holy Spirit. And some of you know that, that I was actually, if you say, hey, can you tell us a time when you got saved? Uh, I've shared the story before. I was, uh, I think, a junior or senior at UCLA, had an apartment uh, by Venice Beach, and, and I was in a season of seeking the Lord. And uh, honestly, if you say, when, when did you commit your life to the Lord? Well, uh, I was in my apartment by myself, and I turned on the TV to the Christian channel. And uh, I watched a Christian uh, preacher, I can't even remember his name, but he got to that place where he says, and if you're at home and God is speaking to you, you can bow right now, in a, you know? <laughs> and I did. And in my apartment in Venice via technology back in the 90s, right, uh, I can honestly say that's when I bowed my knee uh, to the Lord, because it all came clear. God opened my eyes to his truth, his love, his grace, my need for Jesus. And in my little apartment in Venice, California, you know, um, I committed my life to Christ. So, so I was reminded of that, watching that, that there's, God is not constrained by us not being here physically. His word is his word. His spirit is his spirit. And I want to encourage you this morning, you know, 
just say, Lord, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, wherever you are, whatever time of day you're listening to this. And, and I got to tell you, you know, uh, from Bill to Reed to Randy, uh, I was blessed by, uh, again, the unity and the uh, commitment we have here at the well to preach the word of God faithfully preach the word of God, the authoritative word of God. In fact, 2 Timothy 4 uh, says this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so, actually, that's actually the wrong verse, I'm sorry. 2 Timothy 4 says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. The first verse reference was actually 2 Timothy 2, I believe. So here at the well, we are committed to preaching the word of God. We believe it's the inspired, authoritative, inerrant word of God. It's God-breathed, right? And, and I want to just spend a few moments of, uh, reaffirming this um, before we move into Ephesians, uh, because there is a principle of, of biblical teaching, preparation, interpretation, and you've heard us speak about it before. It's called exegesis, okay? So there's exegesis versus eisegesis, and it's going to come up. So, so exegesis, you see it on screen, is to lead out of, eisegesis is to lead into, Okay, so we're faithful to preach the word of God here at the well, uh, but fundamentally, we're united in exegesis. Now, exegesis means this, that as I study the word of God, okay, my conclusions about what the word of God says comes from the word of God, okay? I let the word of God, the Bible, speak to me. It comes out to me, right, through careful, objective analysis of context genre, grammar, syntax, we take it all into account and we say, God, here's your word, speak to me what it means. Okay, we're trying to discern, we're letting it speak out of itself. That's exegesis. Eisegesis, which means to lead into, it's when I come to the Bible with my own ideas, opinions, or beliefs and now I'm reading into the text and I'm looking for verses to support my preconceived ideas. A lot of us call that proof texting, okay? So, so exegesis, when we come to the fundamental question is this. What does the Bible say, okay, in the totality of Scripture, in its immediate context and in the context of all of Scripture? Eisegesis, and this is where you have to be very careful because sometimes you're in a small group or you're with a friend, and this is a very common saying in the church, and you have to be very careful, okay? So you're, let's say you're in a small group, and someone reads a verse or a passage, and this is eisegesis, and this is where you have to be super careful. So they read a verse, and they go, so what does this mean to you? That's... That's a place you have to be very careful with. Because in exegesis, in studying the word of God, we believe that fundamentally we let it speak for itself. Now, there, there might be several applications, 
But that is radically different than going around the circle saying, what does the verse mean to you? Because when I say, what does the verse mean to you, suddenly we can elevate our feelings, our opinions, our past experiences above the authority of Scripture, above what Scripture just says on its own, okay? Now, here's the challenge. Oftentimes, when you're studying the Bible, here's the challenge with exegesis. The challenge with exegesis is not that you don't understand what the Bible says. You don't like it. Okay? So, so in exegesis, you study, you get all of it, and you say, okay, this is God. Use this author to pen these words so I get what the author says. That's exegesis. That's good. A lot of times, the challenge is not understanding it because it's pretty clear. The challenge is not liking it being uncomfortable, doesn't fit your box, doesn't fit your preconceived ideas, doesn't fit your opinion or your feelings, right? Here at the, Word of, here at the well, in our commitment to the word of God, even if it's uncomfortable, we're gonna preach what we believe God's word says. Even if it's, even if it's unpopular, we can do no other. We can do no other. Now here's the challenge though. As you study the Word of God more, and as you uh, are exposed to the larger church, right, with godly, God-fearing men and women who love the Word of God and study the Word of God, here's the challenge. Even through this commitment to the Word of God and even through similar exegetical processes and the heart of exegesis, you can come to different conclusions about some things. Okay, you can come to some different conclusions about some things. Now, how do you handle that, right? Well, oftentimes these, these uh, differences of, of conclusions are really in non-essential areas, okay? Uh, and, and here, just so you know, uh, as a non-denominational church, okay, uh, uh, Ojai Valley Christian Fellowship, a.k.a. The Well, we're a non-denominational church. So in many ways, we celebrate the diversity within the body as a whole. We celebrate that. That celebration and that diversity can bring some challenges. Okay, in many ways, we're like a community church. And so uh, we understand that uh, though you, you listening or when we were gathering here, this comes from a very diverse uh, church experience backgrounds, right? All the way from the unsaved to um, different denominational upbringings. And, and, and our heart, honestly, is come on in, right? Come on in, okay? Now, when we say come on in, we kind of go, okay. <laughs> let, let, let's focus on the essentials. Let's stay rooted in the, the fundamentals and, and really what it means to follow Jesus, understanding that at times, there can be differences of opinion between God-fearing, Bible-loving believers. Now, we can stay united in that. We really can. And in fact, when, when we're challenged in a good way by someone who has uh, come to a different conclusion uh, through their study of Scripture, both people wanting Scripture to speak for itself, not eisegesis, but both people with, through exegesis having uh, a discussion, a healthy biblical discussion, that's iron sharpening iron. 
That's not to be, you don't have to fear that. Because our hearts are united in our love for the Lord and in love for his word. I'm not trying to impart my agenda on anybody. I'm just saying, hey, let's sit down and let's open the scriptures together. Let's open the scriptures together. Because when you come to the word of God, the more I've studied, the more you study the word of God, the more you realize you don't know. And the more humbled you get. And there are pastors and theologians and, and students of the word who have devoted their entire life to, say, this position. And there are pastors and theologians and students who have devoted their entire life to this position. And both of them make sense. Okay? I get that. I mean, uh, you know, at that moment of, of challenge, I believe what what. what the ability, the opportunity for us as a church is to grow and mature through that, okay? It's to grow and mature through healthy discussion. Uh, really, this is the heart of Tuesday nights. If you have not been to a Tuesday night, uh, Randy and Bill, and even I participated in facilitating it years ago, that's the whole point, is to allow for dialogue, allow for questions, allow for, well, I heard this, and, and I was always taught that, and, and what does this mean? See, sometimes in churches, we don't get that, right? I've shared this with before. You come to church, or you're listening, and it's all passive. It's me or whoever's up here speaking at you and telling you what you must believe. And here, we're sort of like, uh, be a Berean. Open the Word of God. Study it. Love it, enjoy it, right? And so uh, there was a quote that I came across. And uh, are we good back there? Okay, uh, just a sound issue going on. So there's a quote, and it says this In essentials, unity. In non essentials, liberty. In all things, charity or love. Okay? In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. I love that. Because as a non-denominational sort of community church, uh, that's our heartbeat. Now, this is, does not mean, and I'm going to, this goes for all the leadership here. It does not mean that we approve of false teaching. It does not mean that we're going to water down sound doctrine and, and you know, you can water it down so much that you don't believe in anything because, no. No, we have our beliefs, we have our convictions, so should you. But it does mean that we understand that we're part of the larger body of Christ. Okay? 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and as many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. Why were, how and why were we baptized? Faith in Jesus. Faith in Jesus. Sometimes we forget the very thing that unites us is Christ. Remember Ephesians, the beginning? We are in Christ. Remember he tore down the dividing walls between the Jews and the Gentiles, all that hostility? We are in Christ. We are united in Christ through faith in Christ. Okay? Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. In the NIV, that's accept one another as you have been accepted. Why? For the glory of God. The unity of the church glorifies God. Loving one another, welcoming one another, accepting one another glorifies God. And then Colossians 3.14. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see, we can have discussions here around Scripture in love. It doesn't have to become contentious. It doesn't have to become angry or bitter. We can sit down and let Scripture speak for scriptures. <laughs> let, let Scripture speak for itself. Let the Holy Spirit sort it out. Okay? And that's, that's my heart, is that as we move forward, we stay united in our heart to, to, to submit diatheke, right? Greater to lesser. Ultimately, we submit to the authoritative word of God. We come to it in the heart of humility, uh, and we come to it with a heart of love and unity for one another. As we together study the scriptures. Now, we're united in our desire to know the scriptures and understand it. But here's the other thing. Just as important, we're united in our desire to obey the scriptures. Okay? We, we can't stop. A lot of times the church, a lot of the infighting is who's right? I want to be right. Let's just have the right side. I want to be on the winning team. I want to be on the right side. And we get so hung up in debate that we forget that we're supposed to be doers. We, get, we, we forget that, that the scripture, right? What does James 1.22 say? But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. So here we are united in our desire to understand scripture and we are united in our desire to obey scripture. Okay? In other words, what does scripture say and now what are we supposed to do? Okay? When you keep the doing there just as important, you get out of the stuckness of debate. Because a lot of times, I think, honestly, Christians, we're more comfortable in debate than in doing. We like to dialogue and debate and dissect, but we don't do anything. And when you get stuck here, you can get self-righteous, your pride can creep in, you can think you got it all wired, and you're not doing anything other than clobbering other Christians over the head who don't believe like you. So they both, you got to understand it, you got to hear it, you got to do it. That's our heart here. Whoever, whoever we allow, whoever uh, will speak to you from this pulpit shares these convictions, will share these convictions. What the word of God is, our desire to have proper exegesis, to let it speak for itself, but we're not going to just stop with, here's what it says, here's what you do. And we're here to help you through that. Okay, so I just want to encourage you. That's our heart here. I've been blessed the last, um, like I said, four weeks through the preaching of God's word, whoever it is. We're just messengers. We're accountable to, to God and the power of the Holy Spirit to preach to you faithfully and accurately to the best of our ability what he wants to say every Sunday. Okay? And, and that's our heart here. We love you. We want you to love God through his word, through obedience. Uh, that's our heart. Okay, that's our heart. And, and it's this hearing and doing that is especially important as we move into, continue to move through Ephesians, because you know that, again, Ephesians 1, 
chapters one through three, very doctrinal. Four, five, and six, very practical. And so four, five, and six, Reed did a great job. And Reed, thank you, by the way. I don't know if you're watching, but thank you, Reed, uh, for your heart for this church, your heart for God. Um, but, you know, Reed took us through Ephesians and the four, and it's really the practical outworkings, right, uh, of what we learn in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. And so I want to read Ephesians 4, 17 to 24, and uh, we're just, this week, we're going to kind of introduce it, and then we'll jump into it more next Sunday. It says this, now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so now, as part of our sanctification, uh, the apostle Paul is saying, okay, now, remember in Ephesians 4.1, he said, hey, we need to have a walk worthy of our calling. What was that word picture? The word picture was a scale, a balanced scale, right? Our, who we are in Christ should balance out with how we live. Right, our walk and our talk, our position and our practice. And now he's getting very practical. And in a broad sense, just again, this week we're gonna kind of look at it from 10,000 feet. For 17 to 24, there's a process of sanctification. It says, put off your old, put on your new. Okay? When he says put off your old self, that's your identity, that's your unsaved self in Adam. Spiritually dead, unregenerate, slave to sin, that's who you were in Adam. He says, put that off. And then he's in verse 24, he says, put on the new self. Who's the new self? Who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ, okay? Now, very important today. That word new is not new in time. Okay, so, so oftentimes we'll say, hey, Mark, uh, when did you get saved? And you'll give me a, uh, an approximate year or date, right? You know, and, and that's fine, right? But when it says put on the new self, or in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come, right? That's not talking about just the date. What he's saying is that when you put your faith in Christ, you are now new in quality, you have never existed before. That word new is something that has never existed before. And this radically changes your view of you and your view of Christianity. Because a lot of people view Christianity as, I believe the right things, and now I just got to be a better moral person and clean up my old bad life. That drains you. That's not fun. That's Right? You're just comparing yourself to the old. And what he's saying when it says you're a new creation, put on the new self, he's saying, hey, in the power of the Holy Spirit, something supernatural happened. You've never existed before. This new in Christ is qualitative. It's never been seen on this planet before. 
Prior to your faith in Jesus, you didn't have the Holy Spirit in you. Prior to your faith in Jesus, you didn't want anything to do with God. This is brand new. It's kind of like, uh, I've shared this before, it's like uh, uh, when a car dealer comes out uh, with a brand new model, right? They have the, you know, the whatever, oh, oh, the 15s, the 16s, 17s, same model. But then every once in a while, they come out with a brand new model, never seen before, right? That's you and me. It's the brand new. That's what, we, that's what he's saying, hey, in Adam, you were dead, you want nothing in God, you're unregenerate, you're a slave to sin. Put your faith in Christ, you've never existed before. You are qualitatively new. You've been given everything you need for life and godliness. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You want to know the word of God. You're new. And he's saying, okay, Put that person on, and the joy and the exhilaration of following Jesus comes from figuring out what all the buttons and gadgets do. You ever take a new car for a test drive, and you're like, hey, that's pretty cool. Hey, that's pretty cool. What does that do? You know, and, and you find all these really new things and neat things, and you're just like, hey, 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 hey. Well, as a Christian, sometimes you got to have that same joy, that same sense of adventure. This is new. This is new. I've never been in a small group I've never, you know, gotten to know people. This is new for me. I don't know how to read the word of God, but I kind of want to. This is new. Praying, that's new. Yeah, it's all new. And rather than embracing the exhilaration and the adventure of figuring out all the new and how it all works, we get scared of not praying good enough and not reading enough and not doing it. And suddenly... The joy of learning and, and becoming and enjoying this new creation becomes like, oh, you know, hope I don't mess up. And, uh, you know, it's like, dude, take it for a spin, right? You ever get in a new car and you're like, dude, open her up. Let's see what this can do. Well, sometimes as a Christian, you got to open it up. <laughs> Let's take this for a drive. Come on, right? Put it through its paces, that's who we are in Christ. That's what he's saying. Put off the old. Put it off. Right? Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in what? Newness of life. Never existed qualitative life. Right? Much more than just trying not to mess up. Much more than rehearsing over and over how bad we are as a Christian or how bad we are as a godly husband or how bad we are as a godly wife or a godly parent or whatever, right? No, we're to walk in newness of life. Every day you walk up and say, I am qualitatively new. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's figure out what that means today, this new life that I've been given. I love this quote by Paul Little. Someone has said, Christ puts a new man in the suit not just a new suit on the man. I love that. Because a lot of Christians, right, you say a prayer, you think that you're just given new clothes to wear, meaning do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. It's morality. It's the suit of Christian morality and good and bad behavior. And you put on this suit, and suddenly that suit is a straitjacket. <laughs> And you're just walking through life in a straight jacket, and you have no joy. And you're like, I got my new suit. That's not a suit. That's a straight jacket, bro. 
right? It's not, that's not Christianity. That's not what it's about, right? I love it. Christ puts a new man in the suit, not just a new suit on the man. When a person is changed by Christ, his clothing, his attitudes will change as well. God has made full provision through the sacrifice of Christ for us to escape judgment and have a new life. So a lot of us, right, we just need to recognize he's put a new man in the suit. As you walk in newness of life, here's the crazy thing. The suit changes on its own. The suit reflects you coming out as a new believer, right? Well, a lot of times we flip it and we think that Christianity is a bunch of behaviors and in the flesh, even with good intentions, we just try to create the behaviors that measure up to the Christian suit. And all, all along we don't realize it's a Christian straitjacket straight that we put on ourselves. Paul says, hey, put off the old, put on the new. Who you are in Christ. Open her up. Take it through its paces. Let's go. That's why I love seeing and hearing what's happened in the team here in the last four weeks without me here. Let her go. Right? You know, Vinny and the team on the bridge doing a great job being hours and hours and hours trying to get this feed just right. For who? For you. Because they love God and they want excellence for God and they love you and they want the message and everything to come clear. They've opened it up. Let's go. Right? I, I just want to encourage you. Now, we're going to talk about more uh, the provision that's been made, but I want to encourage us uh, in one area before we have communion. Uh, this new man, this, this putting off and putting on. I don't know about you, but, but in, in my past, I've had opportunity to try to put on and put off stuff that, that I needed help with. First time I tried to put a wetsuit on. I was sweating. I didn't know what to do. And putting it on, I needed, hey, can you help me? Right? And you know, you humble yourself, you're trying, and you feel everyone just kind of, when's he going to ask for help? And you're like, hey, man, can you, can you zip me up? I can't reach the string, right? That whole thing. And then try to take off a wetsuit without tripping. You ever try one of those things, you're like here and you're trying to get it and you're like this, right? And you're just like trying not to fall, right? Trying to take off the wetsuit or, or maybe you've been skiing or uh, snowboarding the first time you put those boots on, remember? Or you snapped into the board and you're like, and you're like, well, how do I get out of here, right? Mark, you're a skier, you hit the thing, right? How do I hit that? How do I get off, right? Hey, can you help me? And you're like leaning on someone, right? Or getting on and off the ski lift, Right, getting on and off the ski lift, and next thing you know, you're holding on, and everyone falls off because you grabbed him when you tried to get off. Right? We have all experienced, probably in some shape or form, that we've needed help in putting off and putting on. And one of the provisions that God has made, He's really put on my heart, even through not being here, is in our sanctification, in our putting off the old and putting on the new self. We need help. It's called the church. We're going to need help, right? And, and the church is really built on what we call mutual dependence. And this mutual dependence, I'm going to be honest with you, it, it goes completely against the grain of how we're raised in this country. We're raised to be independent, self-sufficient, strong, don't ask for help. 
I got it, right? But then he puts you in the church, and look what he says in 1 Corinthians 12. As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. As a Christian, we can't say, I don't need you. This idea that I'm good, it's not really part of the heartbeat of the church, right? Hebrews 10, 24. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, as a member of the, of the church, you have a ministry. It's to encourage your brothers and sisters as they put on and put off, as they want to honor God, want to obey the word of God. We all have the ministry of encouraging, okay? But why is that so hard? Why is it so hard? We'll amen that, right? We'll amen mutual dependence, and we'll say, yeah, we all need each other, and yeah. But when the rubber meets the road, and God speaks to your heart about a specific area that he wants you to deal with, to put off, and to put on, why is it so hard to find a, a brother or sister in Christ and just be honest and share these areas? And a couple days ago, I came across this video, and, and this video said, uh, you know, there's 12 powerful words in our culture, and I would, I would adapt it to say there's 12 powerful words in, our, in the church. What will people think about me? What will people say about me? Powerful words that keep us isolated. What will people think about me? What will people say about me? You see, we'll amen put off and put on, right? And I think we would all want that. But when it comes to it, and God's talking to you about a habit, about an old part of your flesh that keeps rearing up, and you recognize that I should probably share this with a brother in the Lord, those words keep many of us in bondage. Because we're just terrified. If I come clean, what is he gonna think about me? What is he gonna say about me? And it's that fear and insecurity, and part of it is pride, I get that too, that keeps many of us in bondage and stuck. In bondage and stuck. And so there's two, there's two parts to that, right? There's two parts to that. One is, is my willingness, if God's speaking to me, my willingness to risk bearing my heart and sharing. But there's also the part that we can all play, and this is lead us into communion. It's, it's the part of what would you do and how would you respond to a brother or sister in Christ who came to you and shared that they needed help with something? What would be your response? Because a lot of the fear, even in the church, of opening up and sharing honestly and transparency is this. Well, if I share this, is it gonna be met with guilt and condemnation and shame? or grace and compassion. 
You see, a lot of us maybe were raised with sort of this drill sergeant mentality and, oh, come on, just do it, and da 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 right? And we bring this into the church, and so God's stirring us and wants to work on an area of our life, and we know we need to share it with someone, but the thing that keeps me from sharing with Bill is that, well, if I share this, am I going to be met with guilt and condemnation and shame? Is he just going to try to shame me to correct? Is he going to, am I going to get a, you idiot? Am I going to get a, how could you? You're a pastor after all. Is that what I'm going to get from him? Is that what he's going to think about me? Or if I share with Bill, is it going to be grace and compassion? Because he's a fellow journeyman as well. And he's got his stuff. He's got his stuff. And we're going to talk more about this next Sunday because I believe one of, the, one of the biggest obstacles to us putting off and putting on is when we need help, we're just terrified of guilt and condemnation and shame, even in the church, rather than grace and compassion, rather than grace and compassion. And so what can we do as a church? Because see, what, what I would love for the well, my heartbeat for the well, you just heard us speak about you know, where we stand with the word of God. And we'll see in Ephesians, we're to speak the truth in love. So grace and compassion is not condoning. Okay, let's just, just, let's just get that out of the way. Extending grace and compassion to someone is not condoning sin, and it's not a license to sin. It just means I'm a sinner saved by grace too. And the grace that I have received and the grace and compassion that God gives to me every single day, I got to give that to you. Who am I to bring guilt and condemnation and shame on you when God doesn't do that to me? That's what I would love for the well to be. People that are committed absolutely to the authoritative truth of Scripture, and yet together, together we're figuring this out, and together we're extending the grace and compassion to one another that we get every single day. Every single day. That's my heart. That's what I would love for us. Not to be the heady church that has it all together. No, we have our convictions and there may come a time in this culture and in this country when the convictions we have about Jesus may cost us, really cost us something. And by golly, we're going to stand shoulder to shoulder. We will stand. For the essentials of the faith, we will stand. We will not compromise at this church. At the same token, when a believer has an issue and God has put it on their heart to share with us share with you an area of need, an area of maybe they're just struggling with it, my prayer for us as a church is that we would be a church of grace and compassion. We will speak the truth in love. We're not gonna do this. Come here a sec, Bill. If Bill gets to the place where he wants to meet and he wants to share something. We're not gonna do this. We're gonna do this. This is what we're gonna do. 
Because there's enough of this in the church. And all this does is push him away to never want to come back and share again. That's all it does. Or he begins to play the church game and just put on the face and everything's good and everything's fine. And deep down, he's in agony and he's suffering. But he's never coming back because all he was met with, met with was guilt and shame and condemnation. It's not, I don't believe that that's what God wants for his children, right? Look at 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Ephesians 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And then finally, Colossians 3, Put on then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see, if we're going to be a church that extends grace, compassion, kindness, everything that we are, it begins with you and I taking the time to understand that we receive that all the time from God. It goes like this to this, this to this, this to this. And that's the importance, I believe, even of communion. And as we prepare for communion, I wanna encourage you this morning we're going to sing amazing, right, amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Would you take this time, this Sunday, to really just say, Father, open my eyes afresh and anew, my heart, my, just my being, to your incredible, amazing grace for me at this very second in my life. The grace that you bestowed. You remember when you first came to Jesus? In one moment, you were spiritually dead. The next moment, you're supernaturally spiritually alive. You had nothing together. <laughs> you didn't have it together at all. You were a noob. <laughs> you're just in the journey. You're just, we're all in process. We're all in sanctification. And when God brings somebody into your life, we don't point fingers at the well. We wrap arms. And we extend the grace and compassion that we have received to one another. Amen? Father, thank you. Thank you for reminding us this morning that we're to put off the old, we're to put on the new, and yet it's not that easy because the flesh, the flesh battles and we live in a world 
that challenges us constantly, that pushes the old buttons, triggers the old habits, the old words, the old thoughts. And so, Father, this morning we're reminded that we need you and we need each other. And this morning I pray that as a church family we would use this time, this song, this time of communion to be reminded of your grace, your compassion, your kindness to us, the supernatural work that you have done over the years in us, and all of this would go into changing our heart and mind toward one another, that we would not be a church of guilt and condemnation and shame, but that we would be a church of grace and compassion, of self-sacrificial love for one another. So Father, as we prepare for communion, we celebrate your amazing grace. And may you, again, just make it so real to us this morning. All that we have because we're able to come to your throne of grace anytime we need to. Amen.
<laughs> wow. <laughs> Amazing grace. Amazing God. Um, that's really the message that I heard today and just just embracing and walking in and th thriving in the compassion and love that Christ has had, that the Father has had for me through Christ, that he has asked me to give to you. And that's his message to each of us, to have that compassion and grace that he has poured out on you. Give it to your wife, give it to your children, give it to your husband, give it to your neighbor, give it to your friends. That is the, the gift that we have been given. So we thanks again for joining us. We look forward to when we can all join in the commons. We're just not there yet. Um, Tyler had shared the, uh, wet, the um, email address for prayer. Please use that. We take that really seriously, uh, both at the leadership level here at the church and the prayer team. If there's anything that we can pray for you about or with you that's going on in your life, let us know. We'd love to be praying for you. And again, just the Lord put this on my heart to close this with, and it's just perfect. Um, and this is also out of Ephesians 4. I just leave you with this to really meditate and to look at this verse and read it many, many times this week. It says, be kind, be kind to one another, tenderhearted and forgiving one another. And why? Because God in Christ has forgiven you. He's forgiven me, he's forgiven you. Let's take that forgiveness and give it as a, as a gracious gift to one another. Have a wonderful week. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.